Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Detroit Dart Talk, this time with a 100% more Drill Princess. In the studio today. I mean, today. You're, what? statistically you're not wrong. <laughs> statistically you're not wrong. So no. I'll, I'll give you that. Yeah. So uh, in the studio today, it's, it's Tom and I, um, along with some special guests. Uh, for anybody that tuned in to um, the Athens uh, live stream, uh, what was that, last week? Two weeks ago? Two weeks ago. Yep. Even longer for the people when they're listening to this. Um, we have some special guests joining us uh, to kind of retell that, because uh, unfortunately the recording um, crashed. So sit back and listen to the tale of the, what is it, the, the Goucher Pilgrimage? Goucher Pilgrimage, yep. Or also wise known as... 653 to Goucher. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, so just real quick, in studio or, or in virtual studio with us, we have Tyler Matthews. We have Danny Bowen, Hello. a.k.a. Drill Princess. Yo. we got Scotty Solomon, a.k.a. Sol. Yo. And we have Brain, a.k.a. Brian Leonard. So and Blondie. I'll let you guys take away, tell us your story. We're going we're gonna to skip past all of the other segments we normally do so we give this uh, story justice awesome so uh uh this is me scotty and uh i've been playing for almost 10 years now for a long time i had been really interested in attending the 10-year anniversary at goucher which is in maryland just outside of baltimore goucher for those who don't know is the mother game it's where hvz was originally founded and created and is still running to this day so i realized that the 10-year anniversary is going to be coming up in October-ish of 2015, so a year beforehand, in the fall of 2014, I kind of started putting out feelers to all of my friends in the community of like, hey, you know, I, I'm definitely going out to this. Does anybody else want to attend with me? You know, it's like, a, it's, a pil- it's a pilgrimage. This is the mecca of HVZ. Like, y- you got to go at least once just to see what it's like. So over the course of the year, uh, I got in touch with their then head mod, Emmy, and we had been talking, we actually built a whole group together, and that group today is the Global HVZ Invite page. It started as just a way to uh, organize everybody to get, this, uh, to get to this game. Unfortunately, in the spring of 2015, there was a uh, <clears throat> large amount of unrest in Baltimore due to the uh, Freddie Gray murder, and... It was decided that any out-of-towners and non-students would not be able to play for their actual anniversary game. It just due to safety and concerns about people coming in from out of town. Uh, however, Goucher did host their first ever invitation about four months after their official 10-year anniversary in the spring of 2016 with a bunch of modified rules and just shenanigans which are worthy of a telling for another time. And apparently after finally meeting the mod squad in person, <coughs> they you know, got to know me and realized that, hey, I I really do truly have a passion for this game. And I was given permission to select a small group of well-trusted people to invite along for their spring 2016 week-long game. Uh, So I, you know, picked out a handful of people that I knew would be really good players who would have a, a positive attitude that we all needed. And Emmy even creeped through all of our social media accounts to make sure that we were cool and that we were like, wouldn't ruin the Goucher vibe or the, the culture of this this small little liberal arts college, you know. 
That's awesome. Uh, and it was it was settled that me, Tyler, Bogue, Brain, and then Cat and Isaac, who are not here to uh, help tell the story, would go for a portion of the week long game. And that game ran from a Tuesday until a Saturday mid afternoon. Uh, and Tyler, I'll let you take it from there. Yeah, uh, and also fun fact, like like he said, Emmy creeped through our Facebooks. Um, there was at least one person who we won't out for this, but one person was a contender who uh, was told no, they weren't allowed to come because of the Facebook creeping. So they were actually serious about that. Um, but yeah, so Scotty came. He, you know, he'd been talking about I want to go to Goucher since like 2014 or whatever, and it finally came time that we had a game. We were invited to. We had been uh, cleared to go. Um, and so we started making plans to go. And this was my this was my final semester of college. Um, and since it was like in April, I had gotten over like the biggest hurdles that I had left. I was kind of just coasting through like the last two, three weeks till graduation. Like I was done. And that particular semester, I don't think I had Friday classes or I just didn't need to go if I did. Um, so we realized, okay, so we can go up on like a Thursday and and get there, which was good because Goucher told us um, for the week-long game, if we showed up any later than Thursday night, we would have to come into the game as zombies because it was just too late. We really wanted to play as human because we're tryhards. Um, so we decided to go on Thursday. Um, unfortunately, that meant I couldn't take my fiance Anna. Uh, I knew she wanted to go, but she was working her first post-college 9-to-5 job. She didn't really have vacation days, so she couldn't just take a Friday off to travel. So I kind of just said, like, oh, too bad, so sad. I'm going to go, and we're going to, you know, sorry you can't come, but we're going to Goucher. So um, so the six of us all uh, grouped up. Uh, Isaac and I jumped in Scotty's car, and we took off from my house in Youngstown straight there. And Bogue shot over to Pittsburgh to pick up Brian and Kat. And from there, we all set out down to... Uh, Towson, Maryland, which was a, a fun road trip in itself, but, you know, that's not the point here. This is about five, maybe six-hour drive from Youngstown. Uh, we got to Goucher pretty late. It was very shortly before midnight, so luckily we got there in time to, like, remain human. We all rendezvous in their main visitor parking lot at the edge of the woods, which I recommend our uh, listeners go look up a map of uh, Goucher campus. It's a lot, a lot of woods, and, like, all of it's in play. And equestrian fields, because they have horses there. So there's like a whole section blocked off for their equestrian team that we had a very big stern talking to about don't go near the horses. Yeah, don't touch the horses, don't look at the horses, don't think about the horses. Um, So we're, you know, rendezvousing the parking lot, and then shortly after that, we're greeted by Emmy and a handful of other mods in blankets they were using as cloaks against the cold, because it's like, you know, late April, you know, Baltimore, the sea air. Uh, we paint test our blasters, unload the car, and they walked us through campus, pointed out some landmarks on the way to our dorm room in the center of the college. Uh, and it's important to remember that Goucher plays 24-7, as well as a lot of indoor play, which we'll get into. <clears throat> and you, you're, you're required to remain on campus at least once every 24 hours in order to play the game. So, one of their mods gave, us, gave up their room for the three days that we were there. It's a standard double college dorm room, you know, now playing host to six of us, five dudes and a very small girl. It was a first floor dorm, and the mods very helpfully taped a bandana in the window so that all the locals would know exactly which room we were in. It was apparently, us- apparently before our arrival, uh, the word got out that there was a big group of people coming from out of town to play in their week long. 
Um, and we'd been warned, you know, from before the time the game started and even through the first few days of the game while we were keeping track that uh, the locals were somewhere between, like, amazed and offended by the fact that we were coming to play. So we, before we even got there, we apparently, uh, I don't want to say we were controversial, but, you know, we definitely sparked a lot of interest from people. So that when we got there, and like Scotty said, there was a bandana in our window clearly marking which room was ours. That was one of those kind of like eye roll, like, oh, gee, thanks, guys. We, we appreciate it so much. So they, you know, we set all of our stuff down. They give us a rules and safety briefing uh, so we could be tossed into play right from the get. So uh, I just want to say on a personal note, it, it was a great little atmosphere because, like, they were just so nice and welcome and warming. And they had been drinking prior to our arrival, which made the rules meeting hilarious. Like, Emmy kept falling off the bed. Uh, we were allowed to lay down the trunk of our stuff, and then after we were technically in play, they took us out for a better tour of the campus. Uh, at this point, it's midnight, probably later, actually probably like 1 a.m., and there's no one out and about. Uh, like We carried maybe some socks and maybe one hammer shot between all of us. Nothing happened. And, yeah, you know, I, think, I think there was like one local zombie out and about who was just like hiding around corners and like trying to make spooky noises but like not really attacking us. And I think the mods are really trying to play it up and get in our heads like, oh, man, we have our zombies everywhere. <laughs> so, you know, we socialized a bit longer and then the mods eventually went off to bed and we began to unpack and dig into our defenses and strategies. So the rules for indoor play, and this was new to me because they didn't have this at their invitational, but the rules for indoor play at Goucher were, were wild. Uh, your room was a safe zone. However, a zombie who had their feet outside the safe zone can still reach across that line and tag into the safe zone and and kill you. So they can tag you from the hallway into your room. They can tag you from outside the window into your room as long as one at least one part of their foot is touching like outside of the safe zone. So there there've been some crazy stories in Goucher's past. One I came across in a documentary on on Daily Motion of all places where someone recanted a tale of how they had they were trapped in their room, so they ended up crawling through the uh, the ceiling tiles into the adjacent dorm room to escape. Another one that Emmy told us about uh, was from a few games past where there was actually a human pyramid of zombies to reach the second floor window of a building so that they could slide the window open and tag a human who was sleeping next to it. Yeah, all the windows in the dorms, um, they were openable. So you could, I mean, we ended up, by the time we started playing, we ended up using the window as a door more than the actual door. Um, and the screens were very easy to move. So, like, windows were not safe, and the zombies definitely knew that and liked to take advantage of it. And the problem with having such a small, you know, two-person dorm room is that you have one bed next to a door and one bed in front of a window, which means you're sleeping next to a kill zone all night, which is kind of scary. Yeah, it so it it, added, it compounded it because zombies had long taken up a tactic that they called door diving, which is the act of crouching on all fours outside of a doorway, specifically in dorms, and then sliding yourself forward on your belly. So you, like you shoot yourself into the room on the floor with your feet still touching the edge of the doorway in order to tag at people's ankles and legs. Yeah, think of it like NFL sideline rules. Like when you see in the NFL where, where guys will do like those amazing toe touches just inside the 
the the sideline. Like that's what it's like for zombies shooting through the doors, trying to tag you on your ankles and stuff. It's so we actually had to figure out how we could open a door without having to stand next to it because you know if there was somebody there, you would not have the chance to really react. So that's when we learned that we could uh, piece together Nerf bandoliers and tie them around the door handle, and we could <laughs> yank the door open from like six feet into the room so that no one had to be near it, um, which became an effective strategy. And it, then, it worked at least once to save us, yes. That's true. I'm just envisioning uh, we also, like that workout at the, the gym where you have the two huge ropes where you, you alternate yeah. slapping them up. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> Essentially, yeah. 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 Um, and then we also, to try to double lock down the door, um, we, we started dragging one of the beds in front of the door and hoping that like the weight of people in the bed would make it so that nobody could push it open in the middle of the night. Um, so and, uh, so we the first night there, Thursday, we started, you know, with that in mind, we started trying to put defenses around the room. So there was one bed in front of the window, one by the door, um, and we decided that, even though there were six of us there, we were just not going to use the bed by the window because it was too risky. So I think Bogue brought like a tambourine and some like jingly bells. Yep. So we set it as like a home alone trap on the window to the dorm room so that if anybody opened the window, we would hear it. And what we did instead was we, we did the old fashioned, we put our stuff on the bed and covered it up with a blanket to make it look like a person sleeping in the bed so that if a zombie opened the window, they would instinctively try to tag a person right there in front of them, which would set off the tambourine and give us enough time to, you know, jump up and grab blasters and shoot at the window and stuff. Like we, we were taking it pretty seriously having to defend this room. And that was just on the first night before we ever even saw a zombie. Yeah. The paranoia was real high after we realized just how much danger we were like sleeping. Yeah. And that kind of underestimates the actual dangers of just being inside period, because the other aspect of it, while your room was safe, Nothing else was. So going to the bathroom was a risky proposition. If you had to poop, you're definitely bringing a sock with you. If yeah. you had to go to the shower, you're bringing something with you. That's how we had a very, very wet sock that got passed around. Oh, and then oh. you're implying it's tried, it's real hard. Well, and every, I did. Each, each floor of the dorms had their own bathroom, but they were all co-ed bathrooms. So it wasn't even like you could remove 50% of the threat by going to the bathroom you were still, you know, in danger. So at one point, I think, you know, we, we would go to the bathroom to take a poop and we kind of just lifted our feet up so that you wouldn't be able to see them under the stall so it wouldn't look like anybody was in there. And I just kind of trained a hammer shot down at the gap under the door, just like paranoid that someone was about to come like flying under the door of the, the stall to try to get you while you're pooping. Not fun yeah. time. But yeah, uh, we, then, uh, we eventually tuckered out uh, after all the paranoia and try to get some sleep after you know of the drive and everything yeah so friday morning um first thing that happened well it was pretty early in the morning but uh we were all we had an air mattress on the floor that had me and bogue on it together and isaac was sleeping under a bed and scotty and cat were in the bed that we had pulled in front of the door and brain where were you sleeping um for a bit i was on the floor next to isaac and then i think i gave up and and cuddled the backpack dude okay so we're all like on the floor and we hear a knock on the door. So we all like shoot up and we, we grab stripes and hammer shots and socks and stuff. And we, we aim it at the door and we grabbed the bandolier rig that we made and we ripped the door open and poor Emmy is standing right there. And all of a sudden there's six blasters in their face and uh, Emmy kind of freaked out and was like, 
I just forgot my glasses in here last night, guys. I, I can't see, and I have class in like five minutes. Can I please just have my glasses back? So we all they laid down. They were so hungover, too. It was, yeah. oh, it was bad. It was, it was real funny. Um, so we all kind of laid down. I think Scotty, like, kind of stayed alert. But So Emmy comes in the room, and they're searching around trying to find their glasses. And after, like, five minutes, they give up and, and gave us one of our first funny quotes from the weekend which was just like, ah, screw it. Glasses are a social construct. I can go to class blind. It's fine. And they just kind of scampered off and went about to their class. So we, we locked the door back up, pulled everything in front of it, and we went back to sleep for a couple more hours. That was our first, like, uh, clenching moment of like, oh, boy, we're about to do something. And it, it ended up being nothing. But it was still funny. Um, so after a couple more hours of sleep, we finally woke up at, like, 10 or 11 or something. I don't know. We were on vacation. Um and we decided that we wanted to wander around campus and do some free play. So we kind of putched around in the dorm and started getting some gear together to go out and searching. And we had to wait forever on Listen, Bogue. Because we Bogue, needed it. Bogue decided he was going to run. Uh, it, was, it was the first iteration of what we now refer to as Sock Jesus. Uh, so we had to wait for Bogue to roll like 200 socks which we used to have a great picture of, like he built a pyramid of these socks in the dorm room, but I can't find it. But do, do you want to explain sock Jesus, Bogue? So at our, like, uh, the first time we actually met the uh, mods was down at Athens during one of their games. And on the way back, I uh, just, as you do, you stop off at Goodwill. And one of the Goodwills had a giant choir robe. So naturally, me being me, was in mod mode, like, huh, we could probably use this for something sometime. Grab that, it was like five bucks. But then you get to thinking, I wonder how many socks we can put onto one of these things. And the answer is a shitload. A lot. Uh, so we ended up, uh, I bought like a couple of those big industrial size packs of uh, Velcro. This entire thing ended up probably costing like more than most blasters do, but well worth it. And uh, ended up with probably somewhere around that 200 sock range on it. It weighed enough to where like I absolutely felt like I was like back in the army with like full armor on and it just so, so encumbering. But at the same time, like you can literally throw me at somebody and I just kind of like bounce off them. <laughs> but, uh, the other aspect of it, this was back when blowpipes were still kind of a thing. And we still had gotten like a ton of, uh, the old sticky darts that they used in like the first run nurse. So, uh, we ended up, uh, Tyler ended up helping me out with this. We made a uh, blowpipe that was shaped like a cross. So you can have some uh, little things on the side to put all your spare darts. Uh, they also use what were called pro pipes for Athens. It just these kind of like bigger tubes that just have a bunch of uh, little baby socks in it. You take them off and you just kind of fling them and hope it hits something. It's basically like a glitter bomb that you just throw and laugh at people who are very mad about it uh and i forget where or why we got this but there was a little elmo that we strapped to the back of it so we had literally crucified an elmo and was wandering around a jewish campus with it so <laughs> yeah it was a good time um yeah so but like if you ever look at the picture of of bogan the the sock jesus outfit every part of that blowpipe is actually functional it wasn't just an aesthetic thing like it totally was an aesthetic thing but the made, Elmo was totally an aesthetic thing. The Elmo was aesthetic. Everything else had like a practical purpose to it. And actually, it worked pretty well, I think. Um, so so once Bogue finally got dressed for the day, um, 
so by this point, it's like noon. We decided to finally go out and get like a solid tour of campus in the daylight and get some free play going. Um, we had been told up to this point, because before we even left Youngstown, we were keeping track of how the game was going, both like from the mods and on HVZ source. And we knew the game was not going well for humans at this point. So we kind of expected that there would be, you know, a handful of zombies out and about. Um, and, and for reference, Goucher week-long games are about 100 to 150 players. And it was definitely past the 50-50 point. So we got for free play, and uh, we kind of just strolled around the campus. And, of course, we were like normal tryhards, so we had like vests and stripes and stuff. But Bogue definitely was the thing that was turning people's heads. Um, we actually walked, though, for probably 20, 30 minutes getting an idea of the campus before anything happened. And we finally came across uh, a smallish group of some zombies who were just out hanging about. And we, we went back and forth, and we sparred with them for a little bit. Um, and they were relatively chill. But there was one zombie specifically who just like, again, he had he was dead set that he was going to get one of us. So the first time he made a move at us, he came in and he was like one of those slide tackle zombies where he gets about five feet away and then he just kind of dives for ankles and stuff like he, he was not afraid to eat dirt. So he comes in for his first run and he slides at Scotty. And I think Scotty wasn't even didn't even see him like it, it was a good surprise. Scotty had no clue. Yeah. But and so Bogue, Bogue like just kind of casually tossed a sock down because he saw the guy coming and he hit him. And um, the zombie got up and immediately got like kind of hot and started contesting it and was like, You didn't hit me, man. Like, I totally got to him first. He's dead. Like, we all saw it. Bogue saw it. And like, you know, most of us are mods, anyways. So we were trying to be as calm about it as possible. But we're like, No, dude, you were out by like a solid mile there. You did not like it was a good try, but you got got. One of the um, problems is, is the way I throw things when it's like up close like that, it's more of just placing it where they're coming and letting them come through it. So like when you get all the adrenaline rushing, a lot of times people will just literally not feel it. And I'm pretty sure that's what happened with him on this one. Yeah. Like I watched the sock go flying off to the side. So it definitely bounced off before he got there. But it's yeah. one of those things where it's like, I understand you didn't feel it, but you still got hit, bud. So, um, so we, we he, he kind of like begrudgingly accepts it and he, he strolls off again and we keep wandering around and a little while later he came back for round two and I think he went right at Scotty again and this time Bogue was like, I'm going to make sure you feel it. So he puts a little more oomph behind it and completely on accident he ends up like hurling a sock right into the dude's nuts from in, like five feet away. In my defense, it was farther than five feet, thank you very much. Okay. It was like 15. It was before he started his slide. I know that much. In your defense, it was also fucking funny. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, after the fact, it's great. Yeah, well, but like, like, oh, no. But my, my dude definitely felt the second sock. He did not contest that one when he got hit. <laughs> yeah, eventually, you know, he wandered off, and uh, we were making friends and skirmishing, but we realized we hadn't really seen any other humans. And then one of the zombies tells us because it's because they're turtling, which was to say they're hiding in their dorm safe zones and just sticking their heads out of windows to check their surroundings and waiting for final stand, <clears throat> uh, which would have been the next day. Uh, and apparently <clears throat> the OZ had uh, taken out his entire strike team the night before. So right like while we were on the road, uh, while they were eating in a dining hall. Like, Emmy had described this to us uh, during the rules and safety, but we didn't really see how big of an impact it made on the human population until we were out in play. So the OZ would be revealed at 12.01 a.m. Friday morning. 
which was right after we arrived. Uh, unless he was well known to the human population, like unless he was seen tagging someone or they figured out it was him. So he had managed to stay hidden through three full days of, of gameplay and fighting alongside his strike team. So he apparently summoned his team to his little, like a small conference room walled entirely by glass just off of the cafeteria. And they sat and they broke bread and he gave a toast. And just as he finishes his speech about brotherhood and trust or whatever, he set down his glass and proceeded to walk down the table tagging all five of his human teammates. This was described by a very wine-drunk Emmy as the Black Feast of Bacon House. And uh, apparently these guys would have been, like, the best human strike team on, like, of the game. So, you know, it was like they were, like, the leadership team. They were the ones who could get stuff done. They were the ones who weren't afraid to fight. And they apparently, were like the swim team, weren't they? They were what? Weren't yeah, they like they, the swim team? Like, they're super athletic. Yeah, they, they may have been the swim team guys. Goucher has a very prominent swim team who were apparently also nerds because a lot of their swimmers played HVZ, which gave them some very athletic zombies, which was a good time. Um, but so, like, the best strike team was gone, and we, we realized that, like, the remaining humans didn't have much of, like, cohesion going on. Um, so after our little walkabout, we, we finally found, like, one of these humans who was, like Scotty said, turtling. And um, we were standing around talking to her for a while, and she was the one who told us, like, yeah, like, everything's gone, you know, gone completely to hell. It's not looking good. The humans are afraid. Um, they're talking about boycotting, not boycotting, but, like, not going to the mission tonight. Um, like, they're just going to hide out until we get the final stand. Like, everybody's afraid to play. Um, so we, we were talking to her, and we were like, well, look, we just drove, like, six hours to get here. We're going to be real annoyed if we don't get to, like, play in a mission. So, you know, tell them that we're going to be there, um, that, you know, we'll, we're, we're going to do everything we can to, like, help and try to keep everybody alive. But we want to play, so get as many people as you can to come to the mission tonight for us. And that was, she's like, okay, I'll, I'll try. And that was that. So we went off, and I think we left campus to go get some lunch down in, in Towson, uh, which was fine. And then we came back and decided to take a nap because, you know, walking around for an hour and a half just takes a lot out of you. So it was sleepy time. <laughs> so back I'm in the room. Vacation, okay. <laughs> that's true. HVZ weekends are vacations. So back in the room. Um, now it's daytime. We've kind of settled in. We have an idea for, like, the skill set of the zombies. They know we're there our paranoia level goes down, like, a little bit. So we're, we're laying around the room, watching Netflix, listening to music, just talking, BSing. Rolling more uh, socks. Making more socks for Bogue. And at this point, I decided it was okay to take a nap in the bed by the window. So I'm laying in the bed by the window. Scotty and Kat are laying in the bed by the door. Bogue's rolling socks. Brains on the floor. And at one point, Isaac decided he wanted to go outside for a cigarette. So he's like, okay, I'm going to go outside. He grabs a strife. He goes. We wave to him. Off you went. Um, now, outside, the window to our dorm looks out over a courtyard, and the dorms around there kind of make a U around this courtyard. So it's a large open space uh, just outside our window with some trees and picnic benches and stuff. Um, and that's where Isaac had gone to go have a cigarette. So a few minutes after he leaves, my phone rings. And I, I look and see the caller ID is Isaac. So I answer it. and just like, hey, dude, what's up? And all he said is... Uh, out the window, top right, near the tree. So I look out the window, and I see there's like a tree a couple feet outside the window, I don't know, like 20 feet. And I see a zombie has climbed onto like the first level of branches, and he's going up a couple branches. And he's staring right at Isaac. Like, he doesn't see us in the dorm, but he's just looking at Isaac like lunch. So I'm like, oh, okay. 
So I grab my blowpipe that was next to the bed. I pop the window open, stick it out, just aim it kind of up, and I'm still laying in the bed. I give it a shot, and, you know, so thwap, or, you know, puff, a couple seconds of silence. You hear a tiny little thwap, followed by, oh, fuck, do you know how long it took me to get up here, man? And a very salty zombie climbing down out of the tree very dejectedly. And Isaac's just like, okay, thanks, and hangs up the phone, and I went back to bed. And uh, so that was a good time when, when Isaac got to call in air support from his cigarette while I was laying in bed. It I was, watched uh, it. I watched it from the bed across the room too, and I didn't hear what Isaac was saying. All it did, like, is just phone rings. Yeah, what's up? Oh, okay. Leans out window, thwap, and even I heard the zombie very distantly. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it was a good time. It, that was the most comfortable I've ever been while stunning a zombie too. Just, um, and so we didn't do much more after that. We just kind of hung around and waited for the uh, the mission to start. So then the Friday night mission time rolls around. And uh, it was, I don't remember exactly what time it started, but it was dark um, when we went outside. And we knew that the weather wasn't great, so we were ready for rain. So, um, you know, rain jackets and stuff. And we had we went like we would go to most missions for Ohio HVZ. So we had tack vests that were loaded up with all sorts of extra mags. We had our, our sidearms, we had pistols, we had blowpipes. Bogue had even more socks, so... You know, like the six of us were armed to the teeth and, and ready to go. So we, we rolled out and we walked down to where we were told to meet for the mission. And we roll up and there were uh, like six or seven other Goucher humans there. And we were immediately aware that we were by and far the most overpowered players there. Um, <laughs> like if, if you imagine looking at them going around like the semicircle they were in, it was like there was a girl who had unironically had a maverick because she thought a maverick was good there was a, another girl who was like dual wielding strong arms or something uh someone had a hammer shot there was a dude who showed up with three socks um there was one guy who showed up with an apollo that had a six round magnet no extra balls and he had one elite dart in his teeth and then the girl that we met earlier who was turtling she showed up she was probably the best goucher human and what her words exactly were I have this rapid strike, I haven't modded it or anything, and I have an extra 18 box for my darts. Like, she had an extra 18-round stick mag, but she called it a box. And uh, so that, that's, what was, we had, that's what we had backing us up for this mission. It was very, very, very eye-opening, because, like, at the invite, there were people from all over to blend in the numbers, but here it was like, Oh, wow, I did not realize how much of a little bubble Goucher, the original game, has been in for 10-plus years now. It was, it, yeah, it was like, you know, opening a time capsule of HVZ, because it wasn't just that, like, they didn't use it. They didn't know about, like, the nerf modding community. They'd never seen a blowpipe before. And they uh, didn't know what flywheel meant. Yeah, they, like, when, when Isaac and Scotty revved up their strifes, like, the other, because they were modded, I think Isaac ran IMRs and Scotty had a lipo strife, and the humans were just like, holy shit, what, oh my god, you're gonna hurt somebody with those, and so, like, it was very archaic out there, um, but they seemed cool. Bogue it's definitely their... cool culture, it's just, it was, it was, it was culture shock for us. Yeah, Bogue loaned their, their local sock ninja a couple extra socks, and we... We BS with them for a few minutes until we had a mod come over, and they explained the mission to us. And I have no idea what the mission was. Uh, does anybody remember <laughs> what the mission was? I, it was? We we had to bring we had to go find mods and bring them. Or no, the zombies had to go find mods 
and physically walk them to specific points, like the it volleyball was, place. Or the it was volleyball both court. sides because both of them could do it. It's just that the zombies did it, it kind of destroyed that. It was basically just there was three points. If you look at a campus mat, it's kind of like a ring. They're all kind of spread out along that. Uh, and then there was that one point where they're bringing everybody back to at the uh, volleyball courts. So, like, the mission points didn't really matter, ultimately. <laughs> because yeah. brain splits off uh, <clears throat> to well, follow like, just... the actual mission mission. I played babysitter. Basically, yeah, so for... to babysit the humans to do the mission part. And we were like, we don't really care. We just want to go distract the horde and like, like fight. We want to fight, guys. We we drove six hours. We want to fight. Okay. It also wasn't even just that we wanted to fight. It was like we we were aware that there were about forty zombies out on this mission, and there were like twelve of us. And like they said, I think the mission was like it was like a race to see if humans or zombies got to each point first. So like yes we wanted to fight but also it was it was a tactically smart idea so we said like the five of us are going to go find the horde and just try to keep them pinned down and distracted by us while you guys try to get the mission done. Yeah. And, and I think what it was is that uh they let us know where the zombies were starting and where each of the points were. So the point that we said that we were going to go to was the one like pretty close to the zombie spawn point. So yeah. what ended up happening was we went out there and guess what? There was nobody there because it was right next to the zombie spawn point. We didn't really think that part through. Yeah, well, And so that was gone. It was dead. And then... So from the start... found the part instead. Yeah. Yeah, we, we gave Brain a radio, and the five of us went off to find the zombies, and just within a few minutes of the mission starting, Brain, who was with the Gautry humans, calls us and is like, uh... We guy, found them. The Horde found us first, so we were now on the wrong side of campus with nothing to do. So we were like, ah, shit. Okay, let's. We got to go find them. And uh, the horde kind of pushed the Goucher humans all over campus with brain, and so we were trying to chase and catch up. And... I don't think they even pushed us. I think we just like we never had to fight. I think like they knew how to retreat to like wherever would be smart for them, and so I just followed them. Like okay, we never fought until we were all back together. Fair enough. It's one of those like super stressful walks where you just kind of like stare at each other the entire time. Yeah. <laughs> And so we eventually found them. Like it, it kind of just happened to work out that we found the other Goucher humans and the mods and the horde all kind of converging on this same point, which was like a corner of campus, right at the time that the mission was being called finished. It, um, was, it was a large parking lot uh, that we effectively all congregated in next to an equally large field at the yeah. uh, south southwest corner of campus. And so the mods called the mission and declared the zombies the winner. The whole thing took 20 minutes. Not even, I don't think. Um, it was incredibly short. We were, we were feeling dejected. Um, so what happens is they, they call the mission to an end. Now, Goucher does a thing with uh, humans can form teams. And teams earn in-game points for doing stuff throughout the week. Like going to missions, doing objectives, blah, blah, blah. And you can redeem your points for um, in-game rewards. Five of the six Goucher humans had enough points for what they called a safe walk. What a safe walk was is that um, you would basically be declared out of play. A moderator would essentially take you by the hand and walk you to wherever you want to go on campus without the fear of zombies, you know, attacking you. So that meant five of them were going to leave, effectively leaving um, 
the one other Goucher human and us on the corner of this campus to fight by ourselves and get back to our dorms. So after some back and forth and like it took some convincing. Well, I think I think what it was, it wasn't even that because technically we were a team and I think they were going to let us just kind of use the safe walk as well. But the problem was that there was the one squadless human and yeah. since he wasn't on a squad, he couldn't use the points. So we had earned enough to get a safe walk for us. They had earned enough to get a safe walk for them. And this last little dude was like, uh-oh. Uh, uh yeah. Was he well, the sock okay. bomber too? No, I thought uh, he might have been. Yeah, I don't remember that part, but either way, yeah. it was one dude who was going to be really, really screwed over by this if we went with that route. Yeah. So we convinced them don't don't like use the safe walk. Stick with us. Let's fight it out. We will get you back to your dorm rooms. And if we do that, the next level up after the safe walk and in-game points was the mods buy you a pizza. So we made the deal. If we keep you safe and get you back to your dorm rooms without dying, you use your points and buy us pizza. And they were like, okay, that's a deal. We'll do it. So here we are, and we have gotten the other Goucher humans to agree to like basically stand up and fight this 40 zombie horde with us to see if we can you know, hold them off in exchange for pizza, which was a great deal. Um, also, we were hungry. We were. The mods immediately had zero faith in us, and they were convinced we were going to get the game ended. <laughs> um, they were like, oh my god, this is such a dumb move. Like, You guys are going to get our game ended early. What are we going to do? They were and also super excited about it, though. <laughs> they were, yeah. And we were not in a good spot for this fight to happen, so they actually did one of the greatest things they could do for us, and they moved... Um, they moved us like out of play to a better, more like slightly better lit area for this little final, you know, final stand thing. I'm doing air quotes to go yeah, down. So they kind of like click dragged and dropped us over to this uh, spot. It was kind of, it's kind of like a gully uh, situated at the bottom of a double sloping hill. So it's like flat, then hill, then kind of flat, then hill. And at the top of it were our dorms. And uh, the area, if you're looking on a map, is between the Ungar Athenium and the Catherine Jane Welsh Hall. It's, it was really just a great cinematic area to stage this battle. So good. Yeah, so we are... The other fun part, on the way over, we were just kind of like intermixed. It was zombies and oh, yeah. kind of like all walking yeah. together, so we were all just kind of joking with each other. Yeah, it was, it was, it was low stress, which was nice. We got to, you know, interact. And um, so we get to the bottom of this hill. We're... Two three hundred yards away from our dorm rooms, up up you know up the hills to our left or to the side of us, and the zombies all gather up on one side of this little flat field, and we kind of you know line up shoulder to shoulder on the other side facing them. And at this point, it started to lightly rain, which just adds to the whole cinematic effect to it. Um, and we looked at the Goucher humans, who were you know rightfully so, like kind of you know. A little, a little apprehensive. Weary of this. They were a little clenched up. I don't think they totally had faith in us. Um, I don't know if I had I faith wouldn't. in us. I don't think I had faith in us. I'll be honest. I was ready to die. I was gonna yeah. bloody. So we, I think we looked at them, and I remember just saying, like, stay behind us and get the ones that we can't get first. And they were like, yep, okay, sure. We're going to stay behind you guys. So the zombies are starting to get themselves hyped up like zombie hordes do. And, uh, we kind of just go shoulder to shoulder and the mods are like, you know, giddy about the fact that we're about to get wiped. And eventually someone gives us the countdown. And so we hear three, two, one, go. At which point we do the Youngstown uh, battle cry of how deep, how deep do we go? go? It's a little balls, balls deep. deep. 
and we actually countercharged into the zombies, which was super smart because I don't think they'd ever seen that before. Because um, as soon as we started running at them, they kind of just froze in their tracks and like they either started backing up or they like parted the Red Seas for us. So like our little counter charge, we ran in and we just mag dumped through the first wave. Um, like Brain had an Alpha Trooper, I had a Strife, Isaac had a Strife, Scotty had a Strife, Cat had a Strife, Cat had a Strife, yeah, I Cat had, had a Strife. Yeah, Bogue is hurling socks. Like we just go wall of darts on on the the zombies, and again because we counter charged, they kind of just stood there and took it. At least like the first couple ones did. Then they realized and they kind of started attacking again. But we had already gotten like a good chunk of them knocked out on the first round, so that's good. Then we get hit with the boomer, and this was Goucher's first ever time using any sort of a special zombie, and they had stolen it from Athens, but they kind of did a little twist on it. So rather than like you know the the Ohio or the Detroit version of a boomer where you just keep running back over and over again, you had a boomer who just yelled boom, and then every zombie respawned one time where they were already standing. So we are now, like, we we stunned them all, or most of them, and they were kind of all over the place, but then suddenly they were all spawned again, and now we were surrounded. So at that point, we start kind of, you know, curling back up into our little ball, and um, now we're dealing with wet darts in mags, trying to change mags out. I was carrying an 18 round in my mouth for most of this so I could reload faster, um, yeah, I remember just waves after waves, like bodies just running everywhere. Most humans were literally fleeing for the hills. And at one point, I'm, I run dry, and I back up against Isaac, and I, and I say, cover, I gotta reload! And he's like, huh? And, I'm, and I just yell, butt to butt! So, like, it, it was chaos. It, it really was. It was. 40 became easily 70 within a couple seconds, and and then... You know, at that point, we kind of rotated so our backs were to the hill, to the, you know, the, the one that would lead to safety and salvation. And we realized as the second wave was finally getting wiped or like mopped up that the natural respawn and thus a third wave was coming up in less than 30 seconds. So as soon as we realized that they were about to come at us again and we had all burned through a couple mags apiece, it felt like, or like I just dropped half full mags because the darts were wet and not firing. Um, that's when panic started. So the Goucher humans, we had already told them like, go, 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 go. And they were already, if not at the top of the second hill, they were like past the first hill and running up the second hill. And we're like starting to backpedal our way up the first hill now, like kind of slowly pulling back. And we're getting ready for this third charge to come. And it's bad. And at that point, um, I remember looking down and I see Bogue still at the bottom of the hill and he's not backing up with us. And he kind of looks up at us at like, you know, me, Isaac, Scotty, and Kat. And he gives us one of his patented Bogue shit-eating grins. And as the third wave spawns, he just turns and dives headfirst into the horde. Just like comically Tasmanian devil tornadoing socks in every direction. It was. It was just a whirlwind of white. It was ridiculous. (laughs) Like, I wasn't even sure where Bogue was in the middle of it. I just saw socks and zombies peeling off from attacking, and um, so we're backpedaling. A couple of the zombies came after us, so we were still defending, and I remember one of the Goucher humans from behind us screamed, but what about Sock Jesus? And we said back, (laughs) leave him. He's dying for our sins. 
which became another great highlight of that game. Um, and at that point, after we got the couple that came after us, we just turned and hightailed it out of there. The other Goucher humans had just bolted back to their room, and we took off after them, and we got back to our room. Um, and only two people died. We heard Bo go down because we heard the, the uproar and applause when he died. And then um, Brain, at some point, what happened to you? Uh, I think like wave two or three, just some go- zombie got me in the side. And it, it was much less gra- glamorous. I didn't even realize, really, that Brain was dead until we got back <laughs> into the dorm room. And we're like, Same. Oh, oh, there's only four of us. Scotty's self-preservation uh, is top-notch. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, we were all very aware of Bo going down, but I don't think any of us actually realized. Bre- we couldn't communicate. We didn't have time to take in that amount of like information. We were we were running for our lives at that point. But yeah. so four yeah. of us made it back to the dorm room, and we immediately like we locked the door. We pulled the bed in front because now Bo's a zombie. We were just paranoid, <laughs> so we shut the windows. We set the traps. We locked the door, and we just huddled in the middle of the room for a while, just waiting for him. It was bad. It was real, real bad. Meanwhile, we were down at the bottom of the hill getting snacks because it was like right yeah, next we to one of their little uh, late night. Uh, I think it's just like a coffee food. cart thing. Yeah, I don't know what it was. Like, actually, it was in the library for like the. But they did have food there, and I was very happy for that. I know that it wasn't pizza. So you know, we're we're all absolutely convinced that Bogue is going to be harassing and trolling us all night long, and and on top of it, he knows where the traps are and what our methods are for defense. So like. Yeah, jumping at every shadow, and shortly into this uh, siege mode, we were forced to crack the window because it was starting to get hot in there using various lengthy implements, of course. We didn't get near it. We're not that dumb. To try and cool down. And shortly after that, I begin to hear the soulful pluckings of a stringed instrument from right outside the window. And I'm thinking, oh, is that someone's ringtone? What's going on? No, it was local zombie Ian first who's standing right outside of our window playing his ukulele in the pitch black with a few other zombies just staring at us. And he begins singing, Hello, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> oh, my. That's some, that's some psychological warfare. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, it was bad. Um, so a little while, like, we, we kind of started to calm down, but we were just sitting in the room. And a little while later, there was a knock on the door. And uh, so we opened it, and it was Bogue, and we pelt him with socks. And... Uh, and, well, even though they, it was Brogue and Brain, neither of them were banded up. We pelted them immediately, and then they told us, you guys remember that uh, <laughs> killed humans can't turn zombie for an hour after they're killed, right? We were like, oh, we forgot that rule. So we just wasted 45 <laughs> minutes for nothing. Yeah, they, they couldn't have killed us even if they wanted to. So, whatever. Um, but that was that, and we, we kicked them out of the room. Um, we said, no, you're zombies, you can't stay here. So Bogue and Brain gathered up their belongings, and they went to go stay with Emmy for that night. And partied. And yeah, they did. So they took off. So at this point, we've calmed down. The adrenaline rush has worn off. We have collected ourselves. We were were calm, and we were hungry. We never got the pizza, by the way. We saved (laughs) the Gautry humans' lives. We never got our pizza. I'm still mad. Very salty. Um, Anywho... So uh, at that point, um, I decided to call Anna because I hadn't talked to her like all day. And it was like a Friday night and I, I was worried that she was mad at me for going. So I called her. I talked to her for a little bit. I had like woken her up because apparently she came home from work and like just jumped right in bed and fell asleep. I woke her up when I called her. She said she was going to go get some food and go back to bed. 
Um, I said hello to Nima over the phone and I listened to her cry at me and we hung up and then I went back to hanging out and I was just telling Scotty this whole time like bro the moment this game is over tomorrow we have to jump in the car and go home because like I just know that Anna's going to be mad at me that I already am here she wanted to be here we can't stay away any longer than necessary like I just want to go home when this is over I was having a great time but you know self-preservation mode said get back to your angry girlfriend so so um I think Isaac and or no uh yeah, Isaac and Scotty went off and got some food, and while they were gone, there was a knock on the window, and it was Emmy with, like, one of the old, old-school uh, Goucher mods, and they came by just to ask if I wanted to hang out, so they declared a safe zone for me to go outside and hang out with them for a while, which was fun, so I got to chill with them, and then um, Isaac came back with Scotty with their food, and um, Isaac and I decided to go over and hang out in Emmy's dorm. Uh, which they they declared that we could be safe and just come over and hang out with Bogan, Brain, and Emmy. And they had pizza, and we hung out, and we just kind of, you know, did the social thing until, like, 3 a.m. or 3.30 <laughs> or whatever. And then we all decided we were tired, so we went back to the room. Uh, me and Brain, I, or Isaac jumps in the bed next to the window because he was just completely out of caring about it. Well... Well, hold on a sec. So, uh, you know, me and Kat had stayed behind. I, we were just tired. She had been sick the whole weekend. Like, I talked to her, uh, or I, t- I tried to ask her if she wanted to get in on the interview, and uh, she said she was so sick she just doesn't even remember most of it. <laughs> it's kind of a blur. Uh, so we had been passed out for maybe two hours, you know, after a long day, and we get to hear a knock on the window. So Kat grabs a hammer shot. We move the bed. She goes, lets them in through the, the locked front door. And uh, come back in, yeah, as, as he was saying, Isaac just throws himself on the bed. It looks like, whatever, if I die, I die, you know. And Tyler passes out on the uh, floor mattress. Me and Kat pass back out. It's like 3.45 a.m. We're floating. Uh, None of these stinky bastards took a shower. Yeah, we were only- too afraid to shower. I know. Yeah. I can't understand why. <laughs> and uh, It was gross. Unfortunately, we had forgotten to move our bed back in front to block the door. I wouldn't say you forgot. It's just so, a shitty job. Four of us were asleep in the dorm. Me and Kat, you know, we were in the bed by the door. Isaac and by the window, and Tyler on the air mattress. And there's a knock on the window. Isaac wakes up and he sees it's Bogue. He's not banded up. He just says he forgets his phone charger in the room. He needs to get it, which you know is believable for Bogue. So Isaac cracks the window and Bogue opens it, crawls through. Once in the room. Bogue struts immediately to the door. Hip whoa, the- whoa. I rummaged around and made it look like I was trying to grab something. I'm not an idiot. Well, I was still asleep. <laughs> well, Anyways, yeah, that's fair. He then hip checks the bed, even though it's not in front of the door, like figuring it would be, <laughs> to barricade it, and swings the door open. At this exact moment, I wake up because I hear Isaac screaming, oh, fuck no, we are not doing this right now. And a Thud as he hits the floor from rolling out of bed. Bogue swings the door open, and there's a fluttering sound. And Tyler, uh, I was laying on the floor in the middle of the room on the air mattress, cuddling my strife. And like they said, like I heard Bogue come through, which was fine. I never opened my eyes this entire time. <laughs> and uh, so Bogue comes through. I hear the door get or the the bed get checked and the door fling open. I hear Isaac scream, "Fuck no, we're not doing this!" And then the, like as he hits the ground. And in my head, I immediately just start thinking, like, no, no, no. 
These Goucher humans are, or these Goucher zombies are not breaking into our room right now. Like, it is way too early. Leave us alone. We just want to sleep. And they're, so, like, I hear all the commotion rolling around. I hear some more clanging sounds. And eventually, I feel a hand grab my ankle. And I'm just fuming, like, livid. I'm like, what a-holes just woke us up so early. Like, I was so mad. And I finally bring myself to open my eyes. And I'm looking at Tanner Bivens from Athens. And he's smiling back at me. And he just goes, hi, Tyler. You're dead. I'm going to bed now. And he, like, rolls over. <laughs> and then I'm, I'm so, like, I'm confused. At this point, I roll on my back. I look up at the door. And who do you think I see? Hey, guys. Good morning. <laughs> so, rewinding a little bit. Um, a little. A, little a, a lot. Um, well, so, let's on. back hold, up. Hold on, hold on. Okay. okay. <laughs> everybody's listening here. They, they don't have the, uh, the uh, benefit of <laughs> Well, I wasn't sure video. if you were going to give me an introduction. Yeah, they don't it have... was fucking Anna. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I was waiting for. All right, but, uh, so, now that everybody knows it's you, continue. Okay. <laughs> so um, let's back up a bit to the night that Tyler and I are having a lovely dinner at O'Charlie's. <laughs> he informs me that he's going to Goucher without me. This isn't a discussion. This isn't like an I'm sorry. It's like it's his God-given right to go, and you can't, so screw you. Not quite. But, like, I I would have had to drive on my own. All of my friends that I knew were driving with him, and I thought it was pretty damn unfair that they wouldn't wait the extra day so I didn't have to drive to Baltimore by myself um, to play in this game at Goucher. And, like, I've been playing longer than Tyler has, so I think I have more of a right to go to Goucher. Whatever. It was all in tone, and I was very upset, and... I decided to do something about it. So my first text was to Danny Bogue. <laughs> and I said, Bogue, you're always up for some fuckery. Um, what, what do you say we, um, it, like, if I, if I can't go, if I can't go and I can't be a human and I can't play a game with my friends like I, I normally would, then how about we teach my friends a lesson? <laughs> And we started coming up with this plan. We involved Emmy from Goucher. Um, and it was determined that I was going to drive out. But not, not only myself, no. If I was going to do this, I was going to do it right. So my second text message was to Tanner Bivens from Athens, who um, I think a lot of people in the community know, but for those who might not, Tanner um, was like, a, he was a head mod at Athens for a little bit. Yeah. But he was also one of the heads of Bozed. Um, the all-clown zombie strike mm -hmm. team. And was known generally as being a pretty fearsome zombie, but just also a very notoriable zombie. My second text message, or, well, I guess my third, was to Skiba. And he was a very well-known zombie in Youngstown, absolutely terrifying, tended to just appear out of bushes and things of that nature. And both of them, of course, said yes. So... Let's move ahead a little bit. It's the weekend of Goucher. So Tyler had already left. And, you know, I was feeling a little bit 
guilty about this. Like, uh, you know, he's probably having a great weekend and I'm going to kind of ruin it. But then, you know, sitting in the house alone for that one night just really cemented it. I didn't, I don't think I even got a text message that night when you got there. I was busy. Yeah, exactly. Also, it so, was like 2 a.m. by the time we got done with everything. I would have been up. Are you kidding me? Mm. Oh, gets me. Yeah. Do I sleep? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so the next night I leave work um, at like five o'clock. I already had my bag packed and in the car. I had someone watching Nima. I went straight from work to pick up Skiba. But, like, all road trips, things go wrong along the way. My debit card, like, was having some issues. I had to go to the bank, so we got on the road later than we wanted. I grabbed Skiba. We're on our way. I asked Bogue if he if we can bring anything. Bogue says all that uh, Emmy More wanted. wine. Wine. She wanted local, they wanted local wine. And um, so we're like, well, fuck, we're in the middle of nowhere. Skiba's like, wait, no, I know a winery. So we pull off into the wilderness somewhere around Canton and go to this winery in the middle of nowhere, have a wine tasting, eat a little food, get back on the road, continue driving to Athens, pick up Tanner, have some DP dough that he had picked up for us. Thank God. Turn around, drive to Baltimore. Um, <laughs> this trip, oh my God, I have never had a more difficult drive, possibly because it was 12 hours long, but also... Uh, we learned a very valuable lesson about West Virginia. Um, when you're driving through West Virginia after like normal business hours, yeah, there's gas stations open, but they close their insides. So if you've been, say, chugging Monster and coffee and need to pee real bad, you can't. You just can't go inside the building. But they have these little like windows that are open for business if you want to go buy more pop, but oh, you can't use the bathroom. So we ended up stopping at a whole bunch of those to get more caffeine, but then you'd have to stop at rest stops to use the bathroom. And of course the rest stops didn't have like vending machines. It was a nightmare. Um, we got pulled over at one point because apparently my license plate light had gone out and then magically turned back on later on in the drive. Um, also who's driving at 2 AM in West Virginia. It, it was me. I drove the whole time, the whole time because Tanner fell asleep. And then Skiba was talking about how much he liked to race cars, at which point I decided, nope, it's got to be me. I have to do this whole thing myself. Um, the, the cop was just like, where are you? You're from, like, my license plate said Pennsylvania. I was coming from Athens. I didn't lie. I picked up my friend in Athens. Where are you going? Uh, Baltimore? It's like, uh, all right, well, here's a warning. Stay awake. Yes, sir, will do. And it was just fueled by revenge and hatred. <laughs> and monster. Don't forget the monster. Um, so we drive and drive and drive, and I'm like not quite sure I'm going to be able to make it the whole way. The sun's starting to come up, and I realize that we're there. Pull into the parking lot. I call Bogue. He doesn't answer. Did anyone expect anything different? So, fun <laughs> story there. His murder. In my I, defense. I just drove all night, and I'm not going to be able to go do the thing because he's asleep. But then he called back a couple minutes later. Go ahead, Bogue. Oh, I was just going to say, those things were... Uh, all the dorms are apparently made entirely out of lead. So, <laughs> I got just like the uh, missed call thing after she had called and was trying to call back, and I was working, so I ended up just going outside. <laughs> but yeah, that was that was almost tragic. <laughs> Um, 
and then we so we meet up with Bogue. We get we had a quick briefing from Emmy, and um, we go straight to the dorm. And Bogue tells us what he's what the plan is. He's going to go in and say that he lost his charger. And frankly, that sounds really believable. He goes in through the window, and I remember he was he walked to the door. I heard something get like like something scrape across the floor. He had hip checked the bed away from the door so it would open. And he flings the door open, and that's supposed to be our cue for us to all go diving in the room, except we didn't get the memo about the cue, and also the door slammed directly shut behind him, so beautiful moment moment ruined. And so then we, we all panic because we think the door locked behind him, too. But we hear Skiba start going in through the window, we hear Isaac yell, Tanner opens the door, and like, football toe-touch just the toes outside the door manages to get Tyler's ankle. Tyler wakes up and is all mad. And I look around and I realize there's absolutely nothing effective I can do from the door because I'm so short. So I just turn over to uh, Scotty and Kat who are sharing the bed. Not anymore at that point. <laughs> okay. Listen, yeah. I knew this, this comes up every time. I turn and I go, like I wiggle my arms at them. A boogie woogie woo. And Scotty actually panics. Um, throws Cat out of the bed. I did not know. No. Flings her across the, the room. Shoved, shoved her face into the floor. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, a little so bit, tap again, again, I talked to her recently about this, just to be sure. <laughs> okay, yeah, and, sure. Uh-huh. I believe you both. Uh, <laughs> so I panic, I lurch backwards, she panics, a combination of that to she move, like she's thrown off the bed. And as she's going down, she grabs the hammer shot from beside her from the bed uh, stand next to us or the nightstand, and just aims it at Anna at the door while she like as she lands on the floor. But everyone's terrified, and the only thing that I could care about at that moment was maybe not even saying hello to Tyler, but just going the fuck to sleep. I was so <laughs> goddamn tired. And that's well, when we that's well, when we realized that at six fifty three. In the oh, fucking, fucking morning, morning. <laughs> Anna broke. Anna had driven all night. Bogue threw our door open just so they could kill me because I was the only one who died in the initial wave. Um, it was yeah. That first raid wasn't actually effective for as far as kills go, but as far as just sheer poopy fucking pants. anger and poopy pants, I guess. And we know it was six fifty three because I immediately like as soon as body stopped flying. I checked my phone because I'm like, I swear to fucking God, I only need how many hours until to the final stand? Oh my God, so, I hate you. So it might have been 652 because it took a while for a cat to actually hit the floor. After <laughs> <her>. <laughs> right, right. Of course. So, uh, before we forget, um, Skiba was the one outside of the window who had uh, launched in to try and attack Isaac. That's where the, oh, fuck, no, this is not <laughs> yeah. doing this right now. And Isaac, like, throws himself on the floor backwards and tries to grab his blowpipe to shoot Skiba through the window with it. Yeah. It was not effective. After I after I had looked up and seen Anna going a woogie boogie boo at Scotty and Cat, I looked over at the window and I saw Skiba doing a woogie boogie boo <laughs> the window side of things. So we were just surrounded by Cthulhu, apparently. Wooga wooga. So... They all come piling into the room. Like Tanner falls asleep immediately. Anna lays down next to me. We go to sleep. Isaac, apparently so f- afraid from what has happened, suddenly has to pee. 
So he gets up to go out in the bat or in the hallway to go to the bathroom, but Skiba has sprinted around the side of the building and gotten inside. So as soon as Isaac steps out in the hallway, Skiba kills him. And so Isaac dies. He goes to the bathroom in peace. Then Isaac comes back to the room, opens the door, and like pulls Scotty in front of the door or something and lets Skiba kill Scotty. And then we were, and that was, uh, so that happened all within like the next 10 minutes after the initial raid. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I was, I was just about to fall asleep again too. And I just, didn't care. <laughs> I just didn't care. I know my ankle's right by the door. Fuck it. At which point cat, the only human still alive looks around at a room full of zombies that she's sleeping in and just goes, nah, she moves her bandana to her head. Yeah. So if anyone is keeping count at home, uh, we all went back to sleep, and there's even more of us in the room now. Eight of the nine of us on this trip. So only Brain had still... Eba curled up around the base of the bed frame beside the window alongside Bogue. There were just there was just bodies everywhere. It was bad. It was very bad. <laughs> it was real bad. And, and just, to, just to clarify, nobody had so showered tight. at this point, right? No. I mean, uh, we, we, did clean the, we did clean the dorm room afterwards. Yes, afterwards. I think I made you. You did. No, yeah, you made you clean did. it, but I still never showered this whole time. Ugh. And and like not only were we sweaty too, but like it rained the night before, so you know that like wet dog smell you get too, like on all of our hoodies and stuff. Oh, oh, it was great. <laughs> it was so great. You're human. Yeah, it was bad. And which is hilarious because the other thing Bogue had asked for when I said, "Can I bring anything?" is that none of you brought towels. So I brought towels for none of you to shower. Yeah, well, whatever. <laughs> yeah, it I was too dangerous. <laughs> I showered right before so, we left. So, so yeah. So that was that. We were all dead, and we fell asleep in the room. So we got our sleep in, and then we finally woke up again around like eleven because there so was tired. there was still the small matter of the final stand coming up. So um, Emmy had come by the room to like you know rejoice in in the fact that they took part in helping this to happen. And Emmy's like, oh, did you guys enjoy your, your visitor last night? Ha, ha, ha. I can't believe it. And we were like, yeah, so funny. Now we're all dead. Good joke. And Emmy, like, stopped and panicked and was like, wait, you're, you're all dead? And we were like, yeah, you, yeah. Got, us, you got us all killed. Uh-huh. And Emmy freaked out and was like, only Tyler was supposed to die. Oh, my God. I have to go rewrite the final stand <laughs> now and, like, bolt it off. Because apparently after the night before, they saw that, like, we could play, I guess, for back of a letter phrase. And they were like, okay, let's make the final stand hard. And then we were all dead, so they had to go and nerf it. But So anyways, Emmy goes off to, to with the mods to rewrite the thing. And because Tanner is there and had brought all of his clown makeup, Tanner dubbed all of us honorary members of Bozed. So we all start dipping into the makeup and covering our faces in clown makeup, which we then realize later, Emmy is like oh, yeah. deathly afraid of clowns. <laughs> and... Whoops. At this point, still had not found their glasses and was very <laughs> happy about that because then they couldn't see all of our clown faces. So we meet up with the zombies who are also reveling in the fact that we're all dead. And we start to kind of tell them the story and we're just, you know, socializing and having a good time. Finally, a mod comes around, tells us whatever the final stand is, and they start leading us on this path through the woods to where the human hold mission is which is all it was. The final stand wasn't anything other than just uh, humans are backed up against this wall. We're going to throw wave after wave at them until they're dead, um, which was fine. So we move through the woods and we find this like opening where the humans are already waiting. And Tanner was given the sock robe just without any socks on it. So he was like clown zombie Jesus. And he runs out in front 
and we follow him and he just begins screaming the zombie prayer at these Goucher humans. And we're doing it, you know, in, in tandem with him. And, um, after we get through the whole thing, a couple of the Goucher humans who were still left just like dropped their blasters and were like, I, I don't know what's going on here, but I don't want any part of this. Like I, I'm good on all of that. And we had a good laugh about that. And then they picked their blasters up. We, we lined up on both sides, three, two, one go. And we threw wave after wave at them and we chipped away. And eventually we killed all the humans game over zombies win. Hooray. And uh, that was that. So we we socialized around for a little bit. Like we're walking back to the main campus area from the final stand. Where Emmy refuses to look at any of us. Emmy would have yeah. looked at us, the clowns. We're socializing and having a good time and like telling more of the story about what had just happened to us that morning. And then somebody says, "Hey, UMBC is currently having their invitational like right now across town. Who wants to go play more HVZ?" So we were like, "Of course yeah, we do. Yeah, Obviously, course, yes, yeah. all of us." So we sprint to the cars and we jump in and we start driving. And UMBC was like forty minutes away, something like that. Not that much. Yeah. So we're we're going and we I mean, realized we extended the trip. We did, and we realized at this point none of us had eaten yet that day. We went from waking up straight into the final stand and then straight into jumping into the cars. And at this point, it's like one o'clock, two o'clock, or something. So we're like, oh, we should totally stop and get some food on the way. So between the two cars, we Google search for whatever is gonna, you know be in our path on the way there. But Anna has rules about where she gets food, I think, factored into this, which was that we, my rule for food when I'm at an invitational or when I'm out of town in general is that I refuse to eat anywhere that we can get at home, even if it's horrendously inconvenient to go get that food. We didn't even know that, but what we found was rallies. And we didn't I have, like... rallies real bad. We didn't have any rallies near us in Youngstown at the time. So we were just like, oh, hell yeah, let's get a rallies. And we... we punched it into our GPS, and a rallies. we, we drove there. Rallies. No one bothered to look at, like, where this rallies was. So when we pull into the parking lot and the GPS says we're there, we look up and we realize we're in a mall and that the rallies is part of a mall food court. We're all still wearing a lot of clown makeup and wearing flags as capes. And bandanas. We weren't going to let such a oh, yeah. silly little... Let's de- not forget the bandanas. Yeah, the bandanas. But, but we weren't going to let such a silly little thing stop us from getting our food. So, like, seven of us in clown makeup, in flag capes, wearing bandanas that were matching, walked into this mall very peacefully and quietly, stood in line, got our burgers, and I think every eye in the mall was on us the moment we walked in until the moment we walked out. Was Snapchat a thing four years ago? Because if it was, we were all over Snapchat. Elaborate on the flag capes, because I don't know if you did yet. Oh, so at, way back, you know, back when we were doing this, we used to always pick a different theme for every invitational we went to. It was a lot more prominent, like, in earlier days, but we still tried to do something. Yeah, like pirates or... Yeah, and so for, for this game, I think we just kind of decided at the last second, like, uh, I don't know, let's be the IRA. Yeah, that works. And so I grabbed... That sounds like a Tyler idea, if I've ever heard one. I think it was a Tyler and Bogue idea. So uh-huh. I, I had a bunch of Irish flags, and we just grabbed them and brought them with us for the Goucher game so that well, we could yeah. do that. And then I have... So there was there was an Irish flag, or there was a flag of Ireland, there was a USSR flag, and a Canadian flag. No, there's a couple other, too. I think there were a couple Irish flags. Like, there were two or three of them. Please explain how communist flag relates to the IRA. It doesn't. It was just there. We just, okay. we just like flags. Yeah, there it is. There's the theme. We like flags. So we just happened to have them, and we decided to wear them as capes, because why not? And, yeah. Zombie so clown UN. 
That's how we got rallies in a mall looking like juggalos. Um, so then we just continue on to, um, to UMBC. And we get there and we drive around for a second trying to figure out like where to go and what to do and who to talk to. And I think Bogue was the one who had like coordinated this trip for us, right? Yeah. I, I had coordinated this with uh, basically what appears to be my mirror image for UMBC because neither of us told anybody else what the hell was going on. So nobody at UMBC had any idea we were coming except for the one dude I was talking with. None of uh, you guys knew what the hell was going on because it's me and I just don't tell people things. So and, uh, like, we're just, yeah, we're wandering around on the side of this hill and Bogues in front of us, he's just loping down it. <laughs> We got as, we there. See a, no as we see a skirmish at the bottom happen between some players, we get down there and we amass with the horde, and they're just like befuddled with us. So we all kind of filter into UMBC's main green, and then more eyes were on us, weren't they, guys? Yeah. And at this point, we realized we walked in as they were getting ready to brief the final stand. So, so we, we were we like, went, oh, yeah. we're a like little. The, the zombies had did as well at this one as they did at the. Uh... Yeah, game. So there was, I think, exactly five humans left for this. So they were just they had more stuff planned, I think, but they like cut it just because like we're not going to have final status, right? No, there there were probably about twenty humans, but there were also like a hundred. That, that was all odds. I don't know. It was hard to tell. I was too short to see over everyone. <laughs> so we we realize it's final stand time, and again, we haven't been introduced. We don't know anybody there. Like we just show up looking like clowns in capes. And they say it's final like stand time. Do. So Tanner, still wearing like the sock robe too, is just like, okay guys, time for another zombie <laughs> prayer. So we run up again and scream the zombie prayer at these like five humans. Not only are they afraid, like the other zombies around <laughs> us are just like, what the <laughs> hell is going on? <laughs> and like right after the, the zombie prayer, the mods were just like, I don't know what's going on. Three, two, one, go. And the humans just scattered. These, the zombies chased them. We chased them. I don't like, there was no form or like. I sure ran around. I don't know that I was actually chasing anyone. Yeah, we just ran. <laughs> yeah. at, some no, point, was- at some point, someone said like, okay, they're all dead now. And we were like, ah. Okay, great. Okay, great. Good game, guys. Peace. Peace. We were Peace. there. We were there for all of like twenty minutes. We were told we did a zombie prayer. We were told the humans were killed. We got back in the cars and we left. <laughs> let's uh, let's go hang a, out in Baltimore. And then uh, like and we at least about within, at least within recent years, I have spoken with mods at UMBC to see about their games, and they still remember us. They don't have any fucking clue who we are, but they remember us. <laughs> Yeah, like, we, we were joking for a while about, like, oh, man, what must their impressions have been? And then Scotty finally talked to one of them, and, like, we found out for real, and we were exactly right. They were like, who are these guys? What are they doing? What's happening here? Whatever, let's just finish the game and deal with it later. And then we disappeared, so. And, yeah, that was uh, that was the, the Goucher pilgrimage. Yeah. There is one note then we got drunk in Baltimore. We yes, did. we did. It was so much fun. The rest of the weekend was really just a party. Um, we ended up, because Anna was there, we stayed Saturday night and just had a great time back on Gaucho's campus socializing with everybody. The road trip home was adventurous because we had to go all over the place. Pennsylvania, <laughs> middle of middle of somewhere in Pennsylvania, yeah. Pittsburgh. We went to Athens because we wanted to meet up with friends and have dinner at B-Dubs, which... Actually, we've determined something kind of funny about that. So we we decided we wanted to meet up with our other good friend, Ian Bullington, while we were in town. 
And just to kind of give you an, like an idea of the time frame of, of when this happened and like, you know, potential tie-ins to future stories of things. The day that we were on our way home from Goucher and we met up with Ian Bullington, he told us that just earlier, like that day or that weekend or something, he had just finalized plans for Athens to be the host of NVZ2. <laughs> and, uh... Foreshadowing. Yeah, we... And that ended up being a whole other situation, but, you know, we can talk about that some other time. <laughs> so that's Goucher. <clears throat> I just and valuable make lessons were learned all around. I didn't learn anything. I, yeah, I didn't I really never learn anything. anything. You're not my fiancé, so I I'll do it again. I learned to trust myself. <laughs> <laughs> trust your instincts. Also, uh, that I can I eat a lot make... of B-dubs. I do That's make... true, too. Now, I do want to make one note about uh, another oddity of Goucher and its rules. Um, they have something called the Goucher Clause. I was just going to ask always about this. It. Yeah, <laughs> I found personally absolutely hilarious. So the Goucher Clause is that if a zombie has sex with a human, that human is now tagged and they will become a zombie an hour later, but only if it's unprotected. <laughs> only unprotected. Yes. I thought yep. this was just a rule that they made up so that you guys wouldn't... Um, no, that was... No, that, was that was modified Emmy, to be anything. Emmy explained to me one time that it was from uh, one of the OZs uh, back in maybe 09, 10, somewhere around there. One of the OZs did that to his girlfriend, and that's how everyone found out he was the OZ. Wow. <laughs> I never knew that part. Man. Rude AF. Yeah, Goucher's game, camp- Goucher's game culture and just their campus culture in general is like a wild, wild time, it but it's real, it's real fun. Yeah, I've, I've gotten to play there three times now, and it's been fun every time if di- in different ways. Mm-hmm. Nothing will ever quite match that, though. That's uh... it, it, in the moment. I was so I did in the moment. <laughs> oh, I was about to leave all of you behind. What, I was just going to take off and go back to Ohio. Six fifty three in the fucking morning. Why? Why is we, your heart filled with so much hatred? Oh, well, we didn't fall asleep until like four. So <laughs> too much colluding. Yeah, say it like it's better. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if I hadn't been pulled over, and if we hadn't had to find a building to pee behind, and... Like, honestly, Scotty, you should have known the second you saw me actually trying as a human for any part of that game. I Yeah, that was the wild part about both trying, was like, we didn't even question it, and it was apparently, he just had to keep us alive long enough for Anna to kill us. <laughs> he was yeah. the guardian angel, except he was in disguise. He was really a demon. A demon. You're a horrible demon. Love you too, oh, babe. also, we uh, we we didn't know any of this was going to happen, but at one point, just because we were so paranoid about things, when Anna asked or like texted Tyler oh, yeah. what, what room <laughs> he was he was in, he told yeah, yeah. her that they were on the eighth floor or that we were on the eighth. Yeah, yeah. I, like I asked something like, "Hey, you know, how are you doing? How is the game? How like?" Where did you guys end up staying? Like, are you somewhere safe? Like, I'm not even trying to pick for information or anything. This is so far out. Um, that Tyler is like, oh, yeah, they put us up on, like, the eighth floor or whatever. So when I'm chatting with Bogue about, okay, so what's the actual plan? Where am I meeting you? How are we doing this? And he's like, oh, well, we're going to go in through the window. Like, we can't do that. They're on the eighth floor. Like, I know I've heard about the zombie pyramids getting into buildings, like, second stories, but eight seems a little excessive. 
And that's when Bogue was like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> They're so was paranoid they lied to you in case you passed information to like was I wrong? myself or one of the other zombies there. Yes, you were. You, were. you just didn't take it far enough. <laughs> you got the wrong person. Did you I will say to be Neon? Oh my god. Yeah, we this. Oh my god. So backing up, we're in the car. We I was about to say something about it and then got distracted with some other plot point. Um when we were driving through West Virginia in the middle of the night, like I said, all, there are all these rest stops and gas stations that we were stopping at. And thank God, because at some point, Tyler calls me in the middle of the night to check in on me. Because I called her after the mission, because I missed oh, her. Like, I wanted to see how she was doing. If I answer the phone while I'm driving, he's going to hear the road noise and he's going to know something's up. But um, so we had to find a place to stop real quick to call him back. So I take the phone, I put, like, I turn the car off so it doesn't go to car phone, I put it on speaker, I make everyone shut up, um, thank god no one's, like, phone went off or anything in the background, but as I'm talking to Tyler and saying my goodnights, I'm like, and then, then I'm- She sounded so sleepy. Like, she, I, I heard him, <laughs> I heard her, because I was standing next to Tyler as we're having a cigarette, and <laughs> you, it, you sounded like you had just woken up. Hello. Hey, Tyler. I just woke up. It was really tired after work. I'm probably just gonna go back to bed. It was very convincing, and so, but like on my end, she <laughs> but, even said, so, "Like here, say good night so, to Nima." So, so yeah, because Skiba and Tanner are like hands clamped over mouth in the car, barely holding back giggles, and I'm like, "Well, I'm gonna play it up a little bit and make him say good night to Nima because he'll get all mushy and gushy, and that's just you know funny." So he's he says his well good night Nima you be a good girl daddy loves you and Skiba decides to make these little dog whimpers and I thought like it did not sound good in person I thought that was it I thought we were done I thought we were had and I and thought it was Nima thought it hook line and sinker <laughs> everyone did apparently and so I very quickly hung up after that because we were all like seconds away from just losing it and corpsing and yep yep so she got skewed on first name my dog we all died and then we continued on our way oh that's great it it was it really was one of my tops my top favorite games this is this has been a a fantastic you know when, when you guys all came on to tell us about godfall you know we sat there just like slack jawed the entire time from the amazingness that you were describing and this is uh cool on on so many other levels just to hear like your 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 pilgrimage like we called it uh to call the, it the ass hattery that it is the <laughs> to yes, salt we know what we are now for, for the for a long it's time for a long time for for a long time i i uh referred to it as the great salty betrayal of <laughs> the goddamn and if anybody ever wants to go back and see it with more detail we actually all co-authored like the written version of it that we could use for this so there is like this is all written out with pictures and screenshots from facebook chats of us getting ready and we've already posted on a facebook so if you ever want to go and get like a detailed version of it you can see it on facebook if you uh, send me the link, I can pin it into our Discord chat. No, Tim. <laughs> it might be like that. 
All right. Well, I think Tom actually bailed out at some point, so he's going to have to tune wow. in the episode to uh, to hear the last part of this. And Eric, uh, I don't know if you guys noticed, but Eric actually was able to tune in for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I saw between I saw meetings that and that he <laughs> so he, uh, he he texted me. He was like, "I got to go back to another meeting," but this is awesome. So <laughs> thank you guys so much for coming on and telling the story again. Um, you know, Anytime. I, I made a point of making more sure. where that came from. And we will definitely <laughs> oh, have to have you guys back on to tell more stories because uh, I, oh, yeah. I very much enjoy just sitting and listening to you guys you know, re- retell your, your stories of the glory days. Yeah. We good especially to get in this all. drought of HVZ. Oh yeah. 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 We we have often toyed with the idea of starting a, a YouTube channel called Drunk HVZ History. Ah, I'd watch. <laughs> Where we drink and tell it, and then we also try to like re-enact. badly reenact our own stories. Oh. You guys are <laughs> always this, this, this would be probably the first one. Yeah. You guys are always welcome back yep. to tell more stories on our show. Ah, uh, so. anytime. All right. Well, I think that's about it for this episode. So thanks for uh, listening okay. in, and uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Hashtag free stuff. Peace. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. See ya. Bye. Bye. There's more to it than that. Who's peeing? Mm-hmm. You're welcome. <laughs> I think that's my stinger clip. <laughs> <laughs>